Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ryan Rupka, driver of the number 14 Reynolds Racing Chassis Late Model. You're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to this February 27th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 180 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be discussing this past week of racing a little bit, previewing some upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Unfortunately, our co-host will not be able to be with us this evening as she is still battling a little bit of a flu, so hopefully she feels better in the next week or so. Our first guest this evening is Chandler Smith. In March of 2008, Chandler started out racing go-karts at the age of five in Chatsworth, Georgia. Started out in the beginning Purple Class, winning his first race on March 16th of 2008 and having several top three finishes. He later moved up to the Purple Plate Class, where he raced with several kids that were a lot older and bigger than him and did pretty well. In late August of 2008, he decided to race something more challenging and moved on to racing quarter midgets out of the Metro Atlanta Quarter Midget Association in Lanier. He was a late starter in this type of racing, but did very well right from the start. Chandler learned quickly and captured his first win in junior novice after just three races. After winning, he was determined to be the best he could be. He ended this short season winning several races and top three finishes in just two and a half months before the season was finally over. Chandler started off the 2009 season racing junior Honda and junior stock. He had several top three finishes and won his first junior Honda race on August 8th of 2009 and his junior stock on March 21st of 2009. He's gone on to all three of region races and finished in the top 10 in each of those. He then started racing for the points in the region three races and the MAQMA points at Lanier. At the end of the 2009 season, Chandler finished first in his junior stock and third in junior Honda in the MAQMA points races. He finished second in his junior stock and seventh in his junior Honda overall in the Region 3 points races. Chandler started out the 2010 season with a big win during the first USAC race in North Carolina, winning his junior Honda. He had claimed the Eastern Division Championship at MAQMA in all three of his cars. On June 27th of that year, he traveled to Mini Indy in Indiana to compete for the national title. On June 29th, he shattered the track record with 6.1730 run in his junior stock. Later that week, he became the national champion of 2010 in junior stock. He finished up the USAC generation next 2010 season with a national championship in both junior Honda and junior stock and finished fifth in his junior annual division. For the past eight years, actually 10 years now, he's been going around more stock cars. Currently, he's racing in ARCA and we'll ask him to briefly recap his past 10 years in racing in a few moments. While we're standing by, let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. This is Devil in Your Helmet. about your race car you sure 
you be here next week? And are we still friends? I really didn't mean it. It was a racing deal. I got a little too close. It got a little too real. Then you checked up in the corner and I tapped you in the rear. You went spinning somewhere and it's all so clear. There's a devil in your helmet. Who's on tonight? Devil in your helmet. Giving bad advice. It's been a good day so far. I put her in the show. Sitting nice and pretty outside front row. Two laps later, baby's on a rail. Going for the lead with the devil on my tail. Well, there's a devil in your helmet Who's on tonight? Devil in your helmet Giving bad advice Once again, that was Devil in Your Helmet by Ron Kassan and the Pit Crew. Unfortunately, Chandler Smith will not be able to be with us this evening because he has issues that are going on currently, but hopefully he'll be able to reschedule for next week. I know those sort of things happen, things pop up. It's how it goes. I would like to thank his PR team and the people at Venture Mars for letting me know that he won't be able to be on the program this evening, and hopefully we can reschedule him for next week. While we're standing by and contacting Venture Motorsports, Let's go ahead and listen to another selection from Mumps on the Pit Crew before we move on. This is Angel in Flames, and then we'll move on to our next guest, Ernie Francis Jr. 
the angel in flames. Once again, that was Angel in Flames by Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew, at least the first minute or so of it. We're going to go ahead and move on. We've got a lot of great guests scheduled for this evening. Let's go ahead and move on a little bit further in the program. The 54th Annual Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli Season will launch this weekend, February 28th to March 1st. At the same track, the host of the first ever Trans Am Race as the series returns to Sebring International Raceway for the season opener. With nearly 65 breeding machines fielded by a, top, a deep roster of talented drivers, backed by strong teams, the 2020 Trans Am season will open with two races on Sunday, featuring five classes of competition. Sunday will also see the combined TA, Extreme GT, Super GT, and GT race on Sebring's touristy bumpy 3.74-mile circuit on Sunday morning ahead of the TA2 powered by AEM race in the afternoon. The entry list features drivers from 21 states hailing from as far as Abu Dhabi and Canada. The 2020 season will see Trans Am racing across 12 states on all-star roster of North American tracks and will close out at the Circuit of the Americas in November followed by the Trans Am Awards Ceremony set to be hosted at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Austin, Texas. Trans Am rivals Ernie Francis Jr., our guest for this evening, in the number 98-1 South Florida Wealth Advisors Ford Mustang, and Chris Dyson in the number 20 Side Ford Mustang, returned to the TA lineup for another championship race, championship bout this year, after fighting all the way to finish the 2019 title. Francis Jr. emerged on top, claiming a sixth National Trans Am Series win, and championship across three classes. Francis Jr.'s thirst for victory has not been quenched, and the 22-year-old will start his fourth consecutive TA2 TA championship chase, outfitted with a new orange and black livery backed by a new team partner. We'll get into that in a minute. While Dyson and Francis Jr. are looking to continue their championship duel, there are several contenders looking to join the fight. The high horsepower field was the 2015 Sebring TA winner and 2016 Trans Am champion Amy Ruman in the number 23 of the Nichols Corporation Chevrolet. Corvette, the 2012 Trans Am tra- champion is Simon Gregg in the number 59 Derhag Motorsports Chevrolet Camaro, the 2019 Northern Cup TA winner Adam Andretti in the number 43 ECC Anchor Belt and Screw Dodge Challenger, and Tommy Dreese in the number 8 Lucas Oil Chevrolet Camaro, all looking for new Crystal Sensations hardware this weekend to launch their 2020 campaign. In preparation for his fourth decade in motorsport competition, Gregg visited Sebring International Raceway earlier this year to shake Rust. 75-year-old Trans Am great Carrie Hitt will return behind the wheel of his number 19 Advanced Composites Products Incorporated Cadillac CTSV for another season of TA Masterclass competition. The roster of contenders in TA2, powered by AAM, continues to get more crowded with the IndyCar veterans, NASCAR legends, IMSA greats, and useful rookies filling out the injury list with a strong 29-car field for the standalone TA2 race on Sunday. Reigning TA2 champion Mark Miller will not refer, return to defend his title this year, leaving the door wide open for championship challengers like Rafa Matos, Cameron Lawrence, and Thomas Merrill. Last season, Matos opened the year with a pair of wins at Sebring and Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, but missed rounds at WeatherTech Racing Laguna Seca and Circuit of the Americas, saw the former IndyCar pilot come home third in the 2019 championship standings. Matos partnered with Silver Hair Racing for a full-time championship effort in 2020. Wheeling the number seven hair racing Chevrolet, Corre- Chevrolet Camaro, Matos is looking forward to opening a new chapter in his Trans Am history. But with a new team, a new whip for Matos, it might not be enough to edge out returning two-time TA2 champion Lawrence from sweeping the open title. Following a two-year hiatus from the Trans Am series, Lawrence will join Pearson Racing, Matos' former team, for a full season in number eight, 83 dimensional, number eight rather, three-dimensional services group Chevrolet Camaro. 
the St. Carmata Stroke Championship in 2018. Lawrence competed in the Trans Am Series with Miller Racing from 2012 to 2015, where he clinched two back-to-back Trans Am Championships and returned to the Trans Am Series in 2017 for a full-season campaign with Glass Auto Motorsports. Lawrence has a lengthy history in the Trans Am Series, positions him in first for all-time TA2 class wins. Lawrence's teammate and team principal Doug Pearson will drive the number 87 three-dimensional services group Ford Mustang and is a two-time TA winner at Sebring in 2013 and 2014. Starting the 2019 season as a Trans Am West Coast driver, then shifting to the National Series midseason, Thomas Merrill and Big Deal Racing merged with Mike Cope Racing for 2020 in hopes to create a powerhouse partnership to contest for a full season in TA2. Merrill will pilot the, the familiar number 81, Deal Merrill Racing Ford Mustang, with the continued support from Concept Part Solutions. Scott Legacy Jr. and Misha Goikberg both look to be strong factors in the TA2 championship once again this year. The youth movement at the TA2 also continues this season with 18-year-old John Paul Southern Jr. in the number 61 pitrace.com, Southern Motorsports, Chevrolet Camaro, and 15-year-old native, South Florida native, Jet Noland in the number 99 Mike Cope race cars Ford Mustang entered for Sebring. The new XGT class is focused on 2016 and earlier FIA GT3 cars and slots in between the Trans Am and TA2 classes. The new class adds a European dimension to the Trans Am scene, with two Audi R8s, an Aston Martin, and a Porsche set to take the green on Sunday. Showtime Motorsports will be fielding two Audi entries in the class debut. Team principal Ken Thwaites had a great showing in 2019 in the partial season, which included a victory at Coda, driving his number five Franklin Road Apparel Audi R8. GT3 Ultra. The Super GT and GT classes will share the track with the top TA and XGT classes, as the category is expected to see continued growth in 2020. With 11 SGT cars slated for Sebring, the top three championship finishers in the SGT class are expected to run in 2020. Mark Bowden is seeking his fourth career SGT victory at Sebring in the number 46 Beverage Flavors International Porsche 991 GT3 Cup. Tom Herb in the number 16 Paul Line Morrisburg Porsche 991 GT3 Cup, and Tim Kesman in the number 44 Lemons of Love Porsche 991 GT3 Cup also returned to challenge for top honors. Aaron Pierce will play Iron Man this weekend, driving in back-to-back 60-minute features in both ASGT, the number 26 logical systems Vampire Chevrolet Camaro, Chevrolet Corvette rather, and in TA2 in the number two Vampire Chevrolet Camaro. The GT class will see Ford and Porsche battle the championship-winning Aston Martin with Billy Griffin in the number 14 Griffin Auto Care Sheen's towing Ford Mustang, Tim Harrell in number 45 Restless Racing Porsche GT4 Club Sport, and 2009 champion Sam Stephen Davidson in the number 22 Da Vinci Plastic Surgery Aston Martin Vintage. All entered in the production-based category for Sunday's event. The Trans Am Series presented by Pirelli will join the SVRA, Sebring Vintage Classic, in a thrilling weekend mixing great, great cars from the past and present. Each of the five Trans Am classes will have testing sessions on Friday to open on-track activity. Saturday begins with practice at 11 a.m. Featured by qualifying for each of the classes beginning at 4.55 p.m. Sunday features two 60-minute races with the mixed class of TA, XGT, SGT, and GT taking the green flag at 11.10 a.m. Followed by a massive TA2 powered by AM field lining up at 1.25 p.m. An out-breath session will be held at noon on Saturday for all drivers. Location updates will be released on the series of media channels at GoTransAm. Fans will get another chance to meet their favorite drivers during fan walks that will happen on Sunday prior to each race. This season, as mentioned a little bit earlier, Ernie Francis Jr. will be racing in a different livery. He'll be grabbed in the team colors of a, 
of Breathless Racing at Sebring International Raceway, of course, with his new sponsor, One South Florida Wealth Advisor, showcased on the sides of the car. At this point, we are prepared to bring Ernie Francis Jr. back into the Thunderdome, and they're happy to have him back on the program this evening. Hello, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Great to be on with you again. Thank you for coming. First off, I know you fought some mechanical issues last year at Sebring. How did you and the team prepare over the offseason for your, this year's Sebring Redemption? Uh, we've been going through the car a lot through the offseason, uh, kind of rebuilt it from the bottom up. And uh, we were just here about two weeks ago doing uh, extensive testing and uh, re- feel really confident in the way the car is performing. I think uh, we have a strong car. And I think uh, we're ready to try and make a, a good a good showing out here for the first race of the season. I know Chris Dyson just announced his return to the team for 2020. Is there any sort of on-track rivalry between you two? I think on-track, we're definitely uh, fierce competitors. We're always battling it out for every inch and every win that we can on the track. But off the track, I think we're pretty good friends. Uh, we talk a lot. We uh, We talk after sessions and talk about how we're feeling in the car with uh, different things we've tried. And I think uh, it kind of helps have that uh, respect with each other off the track, and it helps uh, us drive uh, close and, and competitive on the track. I know you've had the opportunity to drive a, a bunch of different cars in your career and probably quite a few off track as well. What's the most exotic car you've ever driven? I think uh, the most exotic car I've driven had to be uh Audi DTM car uh, imported from Germany. Um, into the U.S. There's only two in the U.S. currently, and I drove both of them here at Sebring, actually. And uh, super rare car, super fast, and I think it's definitely the most exotic uh, car I've driven. I know at Sebring this weekend, they've had a lot of uh, amazing experiences for the fans and opportunity for you to get close to them and them to get close to you. What's your most memorable fan experience thus far in your career? I think for us, uh, I think the best fan experience we have is uh, is when they get to come by and we do grid walks on, on either the pit lane or we're in the grid getting ready for a race. And uh, you get all the fans coming by, sign autographs for them, and they get to see us and the cars up close. It really helps us, uh, helps them and help us see what we do this all for. And I know this might be a, a little bit difficult question for you because I know you've done a, a ton of racing over the past several years. But how do you manage your race day butterflies if you actually have any? I think for me, um, there's always still going to be race day butterflies. No matter what, they're never going to go away. It's something that uh, that you're always going to have to deal with as a driver um, if, you, if you're into it as much as we are. But, um, yeah, I kind of just uh, manage it by, by trying to concentrate on what I have to do. Um, you sit in the car a little bit beforehand the race or before the session and just kind of focus on what you have to do. I always like to get into the car early uh, just so I can sit in there and, and – close my eyes and just kind of visualize what I want to, what I want to accomplish in, in the race and try and make it happen. And what are your goals for the season going into this weekend? I think our goals this, uh, this season and for, and for this weekend are probably pretty much uh, the same goals we've had every year we've run in Trans Am is uh, get consistent uh, finishes in the front of the field and uh, take home another championship. Well, we'd like to thank you once again for coming on the program this evening and wish you lots of luck in Sebring, plus the rest of the season as well. Yep, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great night. All right, you too. Once again, that was Ernie Francis Jr. who will be competing this weekend in Sebring in the Trans Am Series. 
Are you a race car driver, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of sport. Contact either Michael Lally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, use there for your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's go ahead and take a nice, another brief break here since we are zooming right along and pause for 99 Speedway from Ron Pisana and the pit crew. I just wanted to, wanted to apologize for the little bit of an abrupt cut there for 99 Speedway, but we have Ryan Repko on the program again this evening. Ryan Repko, we talked to him a few years ago now. I had him do a, a little bit of a promo for us. So we're, we're pleased to have him back on the show this evening. Thanks. Hello, Thanks Ryan. For having How are you doing? Me on. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you've interviewed me a few years ago. Yeah, I think a. If I played your promo for you, you probably wouldn't recognize your own voice. It's a, a little bit different than the last time I talked to you. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that. Um, man, that would have had to have been, you know, three to five years ago, somewhere in there. So hopefully it's gotten a little bit deeper. It definitely had room to. <laughs> yeah. So for for those of us who aren't quite quite aware of what you're doing in your career, can you give us a little bit of an update as to 
as to how you're what you're racing in now and and how you're doing with the with venturing in motorsports. So um, these past few years, I've been racing late model stock cars, and um, I've been doing really well at that. I've been surrounded by a great group of people with Reynolds Racing chassis and RW race engines. And um, if you go back and look, I actually the past two seasons won 26% of races I started, which is a really good statistic, as well as winning mm-hmm. Throwback 276 and Bobby Isaac Memorial and several other races that had national champions and stuff like that in them. And um, that got me the opportunity that I have this year. I'm going to be making five ARCA starts for Venerini Motorsports, and um, I've got some help from Toyota this year. So definitely the best package an up-and-coming driver can get. I'm very fortunate to have it, and I'm really looking forward to this year. It sounds like you got a great deal going for that. How many races are you going to be racing in total this year? I know you're going to be racing a few for for Venturini, but what's your your total plan for the season? So right now, the only ones that we've uh, released are five, but we've also got some stuff planned later on in the year. But um, we'll have to, everyone will have to stay tuned for that information. But um, just five right now. Uh, the first one was at Daytona, and then I'll be going to Talladega here fairly soon, Followed, following that with Charlotte, then Michigan, and Chicago. That works. And what's your... What's your uh the favorite car that you've competed in in your career? Well, that that's a tough one because um, each one is special in its own way. Late model stocks are fun just because they're so light and agile that um, you can really throw them around and they don't have a lot of power, so it takes a lot of skill to keep the momentum up in them. Um, I've also driven some Xfinity cars and stuff, which are fun because it's it's cool to get on some bigger tracks. But um, ARCA cars are a lot of fun just because they've got a lot of power and they feel really locked down, and um, they're just a blast to drive. So I'm really looking forward to this year. I only had two prior ARCA starts before this season, so I really wanted another opportunity to get back in the ARCA series. And I'm very thankful that this year I'm going to have that opportunity to race those cars again. What's your favorite track you've competed on so far? Uh, Hickory Motor Speedway. That's uh, I've had the most success there, and um, it's just a blast to drive on because there's so many grooves, so many different lines that you can make work. And over the course of a 150 lap race, you got to be really easy on the tires in the beginning, but not to the point where you're not still racing for position. So it's fun because it requires some skill and some strategy to win there, and it's just um, it, it's really fun to run a long race there because. Uh, the crowd is just so energetic. They pack the stands every weekend, and it's just um, it's an it really is an incredible place to win a race, and um, it's fun to compete there too. And usually, it attracts a lot of the best drivers in late model stock racing. So, um, if you can get it done, it, if you can get it done there, then you've really done something, and uh, it means a lot to have been able to win the Throwback 276 there. Aside from ARCA, what sort of racing do you follow the most? Um, Definitely short track racing. So um, one thing I would do when I was trying to learn late model stocks and stuff, I would go to these races and stuff. Even if no one else wanted to go with me, I would go alone just to go try to learn and watch. So, um, And I, and I did that to try to pick up on tracks quicker, and it definitely worked because um, – I mean, Southern National, I'd never even – I had only been to go watch there once, and then I won my first ever start at that track. 
Um, just I love short track racing, and aside from that, I, I really enjoy watching ARCA and trucks. I just I think it's fun to watch those series, and just um, the racing there is always really good. And what's your ultimate racing goal? Uh, like many other kids across the country to make it to Cup, but um, it's a tough tough deal to do that. But I've got a lot of people that are really good around me, uh, and a lot of graduates from Venerdy Motorsports have uh, gone on to that level. So it, um, it, it, I've got, um, got a lot of the tools to be able to make that happen, but I really just want to be successful at any level that I compete at. Um, like this year, I really want to win a few races in my starts and then hopefully be able to move on to trucks, Xfinity, and then eventually Cup. Growing up, who was your racing idol? Um, I really looked up to several. I looked up to Tony Stewart because he was able to win in anything, whether it was dirt, cup, Xfinity, just anything, any different discipline of racing. And then um, I looked up to Kyle Busch just because, he, man, that guy just wins all the time. I mean, and he's really good in all three national series. And then I always admired the professionalism of Jimmy Johnson. So um, those were kind of my big three when I was growing up that I thought were really cool. And realistically, what's your goal for this season? How many how many events do you think you'll be competitive in, and which track are you most looking forward to competing in this year? Well, um, my goal is to win all of them, but, I mean, you know, realistically, <laughs> I feel like I want to win at least two of them. It's just um, mm-hmm. the Arca Series is just so competitive right now. There's a lot of good drivers. And um, it'll be tough, and I've got my work cut out for me, but, I, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. I want to be able to try to prove myself and um you know but um the one i'm looking forward to the most is definitely charlotte motor speedway because that was where i saw my first ever cup race at age mm-hmm. what would it have been like five six something like that and i've always just admired the coke 600 as a race now i know this isn't the coke 600 but you know it's the closest thing i have to the coke 600 right now because i've always felt like that was the ultimate race you know it's on a mile and a half it's the longest one it begins during the day it ends at night you have to overcome everything to win that race and it's just and it's in the southern heat in the middle of the summer it's just a tough race to win so i mean i feel like it'll be cool to kind of run almost a mini coca-cola 600 you know Well, we'd like to thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your schedule this evening to contact us again. It's been a few years since we talked, and, and I'd love to have you back on the show maybe at the end of the year and see how your first season with Venture Mars Sports worked out for you. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Once again, that was Ryan Repko, who currently drives for Venture Mars Sports in the Arca Series. He's going to be, this is his first year in the Arca Series, and it's been a long time since I got to talk to Ryan Repko. It was great to talk to him this evening, catch up with him a little bit, and hopefully next time I'll be a little bit more prepared to have him on the show. But once again, it was great for Venturini to provide him with such short notice on the program this evening. Let's go ahead and take another really short break here. Let's find a short one. And we'll listen to... Speedway Lady from Ron Pastana and Pit Crew. Before we get into our final, oh, we've got two more guests this evening. Here we go, and this is Speedway Lady.
Ryan Rupka, driver of the number 14 Reynolds Racing Chassis Late Model. You're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Yes, that was the same Ryan Rupka who I just talked to a moment ago, if you can believe that. Uh, it's awesome to get to talk to him again. As you can hear from his little promo they did for us several years ago, his voice has definitely changed since he was last on the program. But it's awesome to see the opportunity he has. And I, I'm really happy for him, and I look forward to following his career. And hopefully I get to talk to him before the end of the season to see how everything went with Venturini Motorsports and his big step up into ARCA racing. Our next guest this evening is Sterling Marlin, the grandson of Sterling Marlin. He competes part-time in the JEGS CRA All-Stars Tour, driving the number 114 for Sterling Marlin Racing. We're going to have to give Sterling a call here, so let's go ahead and stand by for one second, if you would. And I'll dial him up. Stand by. Hey there, to Sterling. This is Adam Sinclair on Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. How you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks again for coming on the show. After uh, I've tried to have you on here for a little while, and it's great to have to finally be able to talk to you. First off, who do you most look up to in the racing world, aside from your grandfather, of course? Um, I'd probably have to say um, either Dale Jr. or uh, Clint Boyer one. And so far in your career, who's the, what's your most memorable racing moment? Um, I guess probably one of my first test sessions in Nashville with my granddad. It was really fun. We uh, we were uh, pretty fast. It was it's a different track than Huntsville, I guess. How long have you been racing? Um, I've been racing this past year. I started in April and have gone until now. Awesome. If you could race anything in the world, what would it be? Uh, what was that question again? Sorry. If you could race anything in the world, any sort of race car, any sort of series, what would it be? Um... It'd probably be Cup. It just, I don't, I don't see anything else being as fun as doing that. And what's your favorite car? What's the, uh, your ultimate dream car, if you were? Um, probably a old, an old uh, Ford Mustang or a Shelby GT. Cool. And what's your average race weekend like? What's your routine when you go into a race weekend? 
Um, usually we'll practice uh, the Friday before the race, most likely. And um, race day is a little hectic. We usually get to the track pretty early and test all day. And pretty much every race weekend, we always have something happen, whether it be a clutch going out or a practice or something like that. But it's 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 still fun. How many events you can see in every year? Do what? Sorry. How many events do you compete in per year? Um. Well, last year I competed in about six. This year I'm hoping to do the seven at Nashville and any other ones there that they're doing, and um, probably run a few at Huntsville. And not sure if I'm going back to Ohio or not to race at Shady Bowl. But after that, probably New Smyrna and all of them. And what's the biggest event you've competed in? Um, probably the All American 400 in Nashville for the Pro Late Models. Mm-hmm. And how long do you think you'll be you'll be competing in uh, late models? What's your how do you plan on uh, on moving up to another series in the next couple of years? Or what's your what's your plan so far? Um, my goal in the next couple of years when I turn get close to 18 is to try and go to either trucks or Xfinity, try and work my way up from pros to supers in the next four years and then try and get as high as possible, really. I know your grandfather Sterling has been a, been a really big help in your career, getting you, getting you going, getting you uh, the best equipment you can find and everything else. Who else? Are there any other drivers that you've, uh, you've looked up to in the, in the NASCAR series you think that we'd, uh, have helped you out in any way? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I mean, I've uh, I've talked to Michael Waltrip and Daryl and them before, and they've given give give me some advice and all that. But um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. He's done he's done a lot for me, getting me a car from at 15 and letting me get out there and drive and having having the I guess belief in me that I can go out there and do it. There you go. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening and wish you lots of luck this year, and hopefully you, you have a very successful career ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Once again, that was Sterling Marlin, the grandson of Sterling Marlin, great-grandson of Cuckoo, Cuckoo Marlin, who's going to be Racing in late models this year is the same sort of thing that Ryan Repco, our last guest, started out in. So that's kind of awesome. And hopefully he has the, the same sort of career and he has the same sort of opportunities to move on. I'm sure that his grandfather will make that happen as much as he can. And that that's kind of awesome to get to talk to him and see how the future of the sport is, especially for a man who has that much that much tradition in NASCAR racing. Our final guest this evening will be on to the world of, of the uh, – Online motorsports is Dennis Nickel. He's 29 years of age and has been racing on iRacing for the past eight and a half years. That includes 1,644 official starts, 61 wins, and 405 top fives. And that's just on the asphalt ovals. He works 40 hours a week, and so he's just a league racer at this time. But he has three leagues to fill fill this week up, including a modified series, the National Car League, which is K&N-type cars, now part of the ARCA series, 
and the NASCAR Cup Series. They started to roll in Daytona and the modified start in Myrtle Beach. Let's go ahead and, and give Dennis a call here as well. Hold on for one second. Hey, Dennis, this is Adam Sinclair on Thursday Night Thunder, the Speedway Digest Radio Network. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. How do you find the best setups for your, for your iRacing cars? Um, mainly just running laps. Uh, being in the iRacing world, you don't have to pay to rent out a track to <laughs> to build setups, so comes pretty much into your hand as long as you know what adjustments to make and whatnot. Of all the cars you've you've had the opportunity to, to compete in there in iRacing, which one's your favorite to race? Uh right now I would say the the Wheel and Tour modified. Uh they actually just recently updated it and it's it's been a lot of fun. I've won a lot of races in it in the past couple months. So And what do you think could be done to make the world of virtual motorsports a little bit better? What was the question? I'm sorry. What do you think could be done to make the world of virtual motorsports a little bit more realistic? Uh, just, I guess, uh, how they built built the platform of the <clears throat> of the sim. I mean, it's incredible the stuff you can go out and buy these days to really make it feel like you're inside a car, um, from VR to to mechanical wheels and pedals to, to to the sim itself. I mean, everything just comes together, and it's just it's crazy. I know a lot of the of the NASCAR drivers have taken to iRacing to to do some practice, and there's been a couple couple of guys who've come from the world of iRacing who've actually gone professional racing. Have you ever had the chance to, to compete against any of the NASCAR drivers that you know of in the iRacing world? I have, actually, a couple handful of them. Uh, Denny Hamlin I've raced against. I've raced against uh, Parker Kligerman, Tony Stewart, uh, a few others, Kyle Larson, I think. I don't know. <laughs> they're all competitors to me when they're on there, so it really, I really just focus on trying to win the race usually. So, mm-hmm. who's your favorite NASCAR driver? Uh, Denny Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about the the finish of the Daytona 500? Do you think it was a it was a clean finish, or do you think it was it could have been a little bit better? What is your opinion of that? I know we talked about that. I mean, racing's racing, you know. Uh, it's just a matter of. Uh, I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a hell of a move, by Denny Hamlin, how he, performed there, being the only Toyota and having all those Fords behind him. I think he executed mm-hmm. well, to be honest with you. 
And what do you think about the first two races of the NASCAR season? Do you think they're going to have a good year? I know the ratings are up a little bit now. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they're headed in a good direction here with uh, sponsors and and getting the crowd in there. I mean, making the racing exciting mm-hmm. again, and uh, a lot of people seem to be turning back to it, and hopefully, it keeps growing. Got that doubleheader at Pocono coming up here. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. How do you feel about the new schedule? How they've how they've shifted things around a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think change is good. I think they should do it every couple of years, in my opinion. They should change every single race in the chase. They should have a different finale in a different city every year. I think that would bring a lot of fans to it. I mean, no doubt about it. And of, the, of all the tracks that NASCAR competes on, which one's your favorite one? Which track is my favorite? Man, <laughs> to race on or to watch? <laughs> I mean, uh, I would have to say Martinsville uh, sticks out the most. And again, all the of the tracks you compete on, night racing, which one's your favorite one to compete on? Uh, it's a tough one. They got a lot of good tracks. I mean, it's really hard to pick uh, with the way they render these tracks. It, it makes for excellent racing usually. Um, mainly the short tracks are the funnest on there. Uh, so any short track, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> and has has being a professional driver of sorts helped you out in the uh, in the i racing thing as well? Uh, yes. Yeah, a whole lot. Awesome. I mean, it helps your reaction time for sure. I mean. You got to be on edge when you're in these races, or you're just going to get wrecked. And who do you think is the favorite to win the uh, win the championship this year? I know it's it's pretty, it's really early in the season, and Denny Hamlin has the has an advantage at least a little bit. But Kyle Busch probably has a a a little bit of a, an axe to grind this year as well. Who do you think the the favorite for the year? I mean, to be honest. The Fords and the Chevys, man, they're they're looking pretty good this year. I mean, I mean, look how the Fords performed this past weekend. I mean, a Ford won. So I don't know. It's going to be a toss up. We'll see what it looks like when the playoffs come. But uh, it might be between Chevy and Ford this year, though. And do you think that uh, realistically, do you think Ryan Newman would get back behind the wheel of the car before the middle of the year? I sure hope so. I would love to see him back in the car racing harder than ever because, you know, that that was missed last Sunday, I believe. Seeing that six car to let people go, I mean, <laughs> that's not something you usually see. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see him here in, in the next month. I mean, that'd be nice. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. That was it's great to talk to you and get a little bit different perspective about the world of iRacing and, and the world of NASCAR as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great evening. You too. Once again, that was Dennis Nickel competes in the iRacing world, as well as having a, a normal full-time job. He also has, has kids and, and everything at home. He's a busy, busy guy. So it's kind of awesome that he has the time to do that. And he's been fairly successful at it as well. He also used to work a little bit on NASCAR Zone. I don't know if he still does that. I'm pretty sure he does a little bit on Facebook. So be sure to check that out.
going to be a great weekend of racing this weekend. The, uh, of course, the, the race there in Sebring. The NASCAR continues their Western swing as well, so be sure to check your local listings for information about that. About that. And we're going to have a, a pretty good week, few weeks of racing. Um, Sebring will be cool. Uh, NASCAR is always interesting to watch. IndyCar will be picking up in the next few weeks as well uh, with their race at St. Petersburg. I just posted a few articles about that today, so be sure to check that out on speedwaydigest.com. Actually, I just posted a few articles about it the other day. Today, I didn't post much at all. But be sure to check that out. Also, be sure to check out the uh, past episodes of this program, Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. I'd like to thank all of our guests this evening, especially Ryan Repko, who had a, a little bit of a, a last-minute edition. Sterling Marlin, who was awesome to talk to. Hopefully he has a, a great career ahead of him. Uh, Ernie Francis Jr., who was always a very informative guest. And, of course, Dennis Nickel, our last guest of the evening, who's the iRacing competitor. Be, also, be sure to also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. Or simply go to facebook.com slash SD Thursday Night Thunder. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of our sports at speedwaydigest.com. As I stated, I've been some, some great articles this past week on the Speedway digest.com in the racing news section. I have a actually did a little bit of a, a preview of a video game that comes out about off-road racing. So I'm going to do a little bit more of a follow-up on either tomorrow or Saturday. I might even do a full review of the game because I'm going to be able to download it. So be sure to check that out in the next few days, probably next week. Uh, I might do that as a uh, like a Monday or Tuesday thing just to get, get an idea of how, how the world of uh, of video gaming has changed, goes along with our last guest, uh, Dennis, from the iRacing competition world. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our Slice of Paradise at my fairly new but still pretty well-maintained site, for Plums Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook and by heading to forboardplumsfantasticfinds.wordpress.com. The easiest way to find it on Twitter is by going directly to my previous site, uh, twitter.com slash pbhappening. I have had the opportunity to transfer a lot of the, a lot of the articles from Football Plum's Fantastic Finds to the Twitter page there at pbhappening. And you can, every time an article is uploaded, it's supposed to be automatically sent there. So be sure to check that out. I've had a lot of great stuff going on there and a lot of new stuff that I'm working on. I'm even working on some travel reviews, possibility of going on a cruise in the next two months or so. Um, there's some great deals going on in cruising, most of them related to the, the, the uh, coronavirus scare. But I still think it's a great time to go on a cruise as long as you're careful about the ports you choose and careful about the... Uh, the ships and all that, and all that washy-washy, clingy-clingy things, um, then you'd be just fine. Once again, I'd like to apologize for the fact that the show was a teeny bit disjointed this evening. I did have some people call in who I was not expecting. I also had some a little bit of schedule changes, and the fact that Michael Mullally, our co-host, was not with us this evening changed it up a teeny bit. I think it was a pretty good show overall, and be sure to check out past episodes of the program. We're also trying to get some, some more drivers from the Venturini Motorsports Stable on the program, hopefully next week. And we're, we're planning on having some 
some new features on SpeedwayDigest.com, featuring some of the writers in the world of Supercross. Roughly one month from today, we'll be traveling to Seattle for the Supercross event there at in Seattle, Washington, which will be pretty awesome to get a chance to see the Supercross guys up close. I might be traveling to the Supercross event in Daytona next week that is still pretty much up in the air, which is funny because I won't have to fly through the air to get to that one, but I will have to fly through the air to get to one in Seattle. However, the one in Seattle is still definitely on my radar, and I'm hoping to travel out there roughly one month from today to see all the guys there in Seattle. should be pretty awesome. Again, thank you for listening. I really look forward to seeing you next week in the Thunderdome as we once again discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great week, and thanks for your patience, and thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.